The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? It's From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our Yes, sir. Thank you, Big Poppy. It is our freaking city. Bleep city. Bleep, bleep, bleep. Uh, I don't know why we bleep things you out. It's a podcast. You What's said the... I could curse. And you just... Yes, yes, Laura DeVoe, you may curse. You're cursing before. You're, you Will you shut the fuck up? <laughs> Let go. me start the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it is uh, David Yaz. It is the Boston Podcast, and welcome to it. And whether you're stuck in traffic or headed down to a barbecue on the Cape or whatever you're doing, and you've found Boston's only daily independent Monday through Friday podcast that I know of because there might be others. And if you have one, email me, david at pod617.com. We'll, we'll talk about it. And by the way, we're here in Westwood, Massachusetts at our very comfy, cozy podcast bunker. You can have your own podcast if you check us out at pod617.com. Go to that website, find out how to get started. But we're talking about uh, colleges today, and if you have a kid uh, on the way to college or in college, or um, even if they're too dumb to go to college, mm-hmm. hey, you might have an Aunt Becky that can uh, write a check for you, <laughs> yes. and you'll be all set. But welcome to the studio, Lara DeVoe and Beth Grampetro, with whose name I practiced several times before we started and still almost stepped on it. <laughs> Laura and Beth, welcome to uh, the Boston Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. All right. Good to be here. Capacity crowd is it's on its feet. So here's the exciting news. At pod617.com, shortly, before you know it, we will launch a podcast called Twin XL, starring yes. Laura and Beth. Yes. So who wants to tell me why, first off, it's called Twin XL. Okay. okay, Beth is raising her. You don't I, have to raise your I'm going to take this one <laughs> just because when we were bandying names about, I was sharing it with my husband, and he rejected this one because it was, quote, too inside baseball. Um, the, this very title that you ended up on. Yes, yes. which oh, is why we it. like it. That's why we like it. Let's <laughs> see it, how that works out. It's something that is her husband didn't want. So yes. <laughs> no. You said, um, <laughs> you said yep. That's, I enjoy uh, inside baseball. Um I, we chose it because um, for those who have been to college or especially those that are going to be shopping for college soon, you will find out if your student is going to live on campus, they will need twin extra long sheets. Oh, yeah. Because, okay. of course, the dorms can't have regular size mattresses. No. <laughs> See, I, I'm, yeah, I'm already, and I love the title because because once you hear it, you know, oh yeah. But go ahead, Laura, you were saying. No, I think that when you look at it, that that is actually one of the things that people, the first thing people get wrong. Yeah. And that's the first thing people get freaked out about is uh, this idea of, uh, what, what if I get them in the wrong seat? What, why do I need to know this information? And they get, and I think it's symbolic of the parenting through the college years of what am I getting wrong? Right. And how can I make sure I don't get anything wrong so my kid gets nothing wrong and and can actually finish this, this and I will get them through. Um, so that's why it kind of... Yeah, so it's the perfect symbol of oh. both of things that kids need, the anxiety that parents yes. feel, and the innate desire to fix it immediately. Yes. Yes. My, when my mom and my and my dad first dropped me off at summer camp when I was 12, year, 12 years old, they forgot my pillow. And so oh. and so now, meanwhile, I, I was kind of bewildered and wide-eyed and just trying to take in the whole experience and one of the counselors ran and got a spare pillow. They had them, I guess, and it was actually clean, so that was good. But my mom apparently cried all the way home that she was a horrible mom because she forgot my <laughs> pillow. Yeah. And so in similar manner, don't forget the twin XL sheets, but um, but I guess don't don't lose your mind if you do. No. Well, and similarly, when my parents dropped me off at college, I thought I was going to have to like shove them out the door, right? Yeah. And they were going to hang out too long. Right. My mother, uh, when she was working, was a nurse. And mm-hmm. so something that she is amazing at is making beds. <laughs> So they came it into came in handy, yeah. they came into my residence hall room and like we bought books and they helped me put down my stuff and my mother made the bed with tight hospital corners of and course. then they turned to me and they were like, "All right, we got a long drive. We got to go. Bye." Really? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so what did you do? I, I mean, I was like shocked for a minute and then I went and found my friends from orientation. <laughs> well, that, that's good. 
but well, my bed was made. You, right. You <laughs> yeah. took a seat on the on the very nice hospital corner styled <laughs> bed. Yeah. So your podcast will advise. So it's for parents. I mean, it's yes, right. It's for parents, and um, you know, students can listen too. We're happy to take their feedback, but right. I think that the goal here is this is not. Well, let's tell you what it's not about. It's not about getting your kid into school. Okay. There's a lot of options out there, uh, and you know, we're happy to talk a little bit about that that reality. But it's really about the fact that right now. Uh, the majority of students who enroll in college don't graduate in four years. Uh, over sixty-three percent. Yes, over sixty-three oh percent of the students who enroll in a four-year school um, do not graduate in four years. Wow. Okay, and people ask the question, "Well, why does that happen?" Oh, there's no one answer why. Okay, some people may change. Drugs. It, you know, yeah. <clears throat> some what? people. But yes. Well, drugs is one of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Alcohol. Uh, sadness. Uh, people who change All the a major. things that make life great. Keep yeah, on. You're exactly. describing my life. No, well, no, but I think it's one of those things. People make changes. But there's right. also um, the reality that people might flunk a class or or they may realize that this isn't a good fit for them mm-hmm. and take a break. And, you know, when we're talking about the crushing student loan debt that's out there and all that, that compiles on this, mm-hmm. okay? And so... We really think that there's some opportunity for some great dialogue and some great discussion. And frankly, you know, between Beth and I, we have worked in higher education for 50 years. Mm. And I know you can't see us, but we look pretty (laughs) effing good for two women who have worked with college-age students for 50 years. But we've seen mistakes. We have seen some really funny mistakes. We've seen some tragic mistakes. Mm. And we've seen where parents over-parent underparent and everything in between. And what we're hoping is that this becomes a great kind of uh, stopping point for parents who are like, all right, I'm not alone in this. Right. Um, and there are some people who are out there who actually understand what's going on. And this actually is informed by a pilot program that Beth and I ran with some parents this past fall okay. who have sent their kids off to school. Some of them, it was their first kid. Some of it was their second or third kid. Um, but we wanted to have this kind of dialogue with parents saying, you know, let's really talk about what's happening as you're transitioning your kid into college and how are you positioning them to succeed. And the conversations we had were great. And the parents were like, oh, my God, it's just so nice to know this is not just in my brain and I'm not the only one going through this. Um, so they're wrought with all kinds of, kinds of anxiety. Yeah. Like what kind of things? What are they worried about? I mean, they're worried about anything you can think of. But some, yeah. some really common things I think that parents worry about. Um, everything from, is my kid going to make friends? Are they going to fit in? Are they going to find their people at college? Are they going to fail a class? Mm -hmm. Are they going to know where to go the first day of class? If something happens, if they need help, are they going to ask for it? Are they going to, are they going to go to someone? Are they going to tell me if they need help, their mom or dad, or are they not going to tell me? And how am I going to deal with, especially now, um, Parents, you know, know everything about their kid. Yeah. You can you can like track your kid with their cell phone if they're old enough to have one. Like right. we know we know where our kid is twenty four seven a lot of the time, or, or many parents do at least. And this for a lot of people is the first time that their kid is out of the house and they like they could be doing something all day that you just you have no idea where they are or what they're doing. Yeah, and um, and also things like you know parents are worried about is my kid going to party? Are they going to drink too much? Are they going to like? I, you know, it's a downer topic, but are they going to be sexually assaulted? Are they like, what's, you know, what's going to happen to them? And the good news is, you know, as Laura said, we've seen a lot. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Most students get through most of them. Mm -hmm. Some, some obstacles will present, Mm -hmm. maybe one or two not great things happens, but they, they will, they'll get through it. Um, Yeah. And you have to have those Uh, to some, at some extent, you know, it's about the eventually letting go parents right, right to some Absolutely. degree <laughs> and letting them letting the kids fail it, it is um there is not a safer ahead, place for kids to fail than a college campus yeah because there are people who are there to catch them as right. they fail right and their parents don't understand what maybe manifested the failure entirely because they can't see their kid and they can't figure out what the actions were 
And so one of the things that we're hoping becomes part of this this podcast is that, you know, letting people understand that failure is okay and actually failure is what makes a better kid graduation, post-graduation. Because once they've failed and they've they've been able to bounce back from that failure, they're going to be in a better state of affairs. Right, right. It, it makes me think of, so my, my daughter is four, so... I'm not <laughs> quite so, at the point yet. So of Beth's college. already prepping her for college. <laughs> Robo child, yeah. get and moving. <clears throat> something that I I read not super long ago about kids her age. Um, it, you know, four and a little bit younger is a age where temper tantrums are very common. Mm-hmm. And um, this article that I read was talking about the reason that little kids, one of the reasons that they have these tantrums and that they really just melt down the way they do, is often the trigger, whatever thing happened to them, it's the first time they've ever experienced it. Yeah. And they literally don't have the life experience to understand like, oh, I will survive this or I will feel okay after this. So their outsized emotional reaction is like, this is literally the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my life because it is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that's sort of similar to Mm -hmm. like, if a student in college, the first time they fail a course, the first time they um, whatever the modern equivalent of bouncing a check is, because who I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, exactly. But like your iPhone explodes. Yeah, you have overdrawn your checking. But like yeah. the first time they do these things, they're going to be horrified. Yeah. Because right. I don't. I don't do that. I'm making air quotes. Um, yeah. I, you know, I you know perfect college student who has followed the rules. That don't, doesn't happen to me. Yeah. You know. Right. And I, I think never failed anything in my life. Right. Yes. right. And so I think you know Laura's point is an important one that like if you make those mistakes in a space where, you know. Most of them are going to be pretty recoverable. There's going to be people that will help you, and hopefully they're not going to cost a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Then right. what better place to do it? And then the next time it happens, when you mm-hmm. get out there in the world and you, you're you at your job and your supervisor is like, Dave, this was this that you did, not good enough. Right. What, right. You know, you're not going to just fall apart. You're going to say, okay, what do I need to do to get better? Yeah. And this goes back to your question earlier, Dave, about why it takes six years, is that when there's failure – and students shut down after the failure, they they take so long to recover from it. And I hear a lot from parents going, well, what can I do in advance of that? And I'm like, let them fail at home. It's okay for that. I um, So how? It, well, here's an example. I used to um, supervise an athletic department at a Division three school. And one of the things that my volleyball coach said to me at one point when he was doing recruiting, he goes, here's my problem. I'm going out and I'm recruiting these kids who have been on these travel teams. Yep. And... And we all know these travel teams. They're like something people get their kids into. And you were joking about Aunt Becky before. That's yeah. how some of these kids are, are getting into college is because they're on special travel teams that go to special places, that special coaches see them. But that being said, he says, I am not going to recruit any more guys on my men's volleyball team who have not spent a year on a team that had a lousy record. Oh, There are kids whose parents who literally like, I want my kid to only feel success. Right. And they bounce them from travel team to travel team to travel team so that they never feel failure. And that's, yeah. I think you're talking in part about the AAU teams and that that Mm -hmm. whole culture. And that, you know, my son played AAU baseball and basketball and eventually retired from from both, even though he's still in high school. (laughs) But it, it is this culture of we can move... Uh, kids around so that they're in a better yeah. position for success, and they want to be on these great teams. Right. And it and and you're right. So so you have a you, marginal kid playing right. on a great team, yep. who, but they're never feeling what it means to to fail. Right. And you can move that into any category. You can move that into music. You can move that into into academic, uh, you know, honor roll, you can move it into anything. But that idea of we're going to move our kids so that they don't feel a level of failure. If you've done that with your kid, check yourself. Yep. Because uh, now I'm not saying you say, okay, guess what? We're now going to take a gap year and you are going to work in a coal mine and you are going <laughs> to, I mean, that's not what I'm telling you to do. Okay. Um, but if your kid's never had a job. No, it would not be a coal mine. It would be a Burger King. A Burger but, King. Uh, but yeah, sorry, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. But, but I mean, you know. It's safer at the Burger King. It's safer at the Burger well, Sometimes. I, yeah, yeah sometimes. the Fryolator. Have you seen the Fryolator? <laughs> okay. I don't know what I'd rather do. Okay. <laughs> but there's that layer of, you know, Figure out where your kid needs to maybe position themselves for risk and and a knowledgeable risk of you're going to try something. Yep. Okay? You can't just run away from it. Okay? Um, If your kid doesn't like to stand up in front of people and speak, don't 
sign them up to do a TED Talk. Right. Okay. But encourage them to do something that might move them outside that space. One of the biggest things parents can start to do with their kids, especially if they know they've been kind of, cl- uh, you know, kind of insulating them, make them keep their own schedule. Mm. And and hold them responsible for when they don't. Mom, you're going to make me do what? Uh, yes, right. <laughs> but but have them keep their own schedule. Like yeah. it's like you can't just be like, "Where's your underwear? Where are you get ready to go? Ready to go? Ready to go? You know, we're going to get them out of the house. We're going to schedule this, schedule that. If they miss something, they miss something, and there's consequences to missing. That's another thing with this generation is they're scheduled like no oh. other generation before it. And yeah. and you know, I'm going to sound like old man Yaz yeah. complaining, but it's but it's but it really <laughs> no, is true. There's, I was a latchkey kid. We know that that you know. Yeah, and, and I would, you know, I was, you know, get on your bike and ride yes. down to the park and see who's yeah. there throwing a football around, and it really doesn't happen anymore no. because the kids get, you know, he's got AAU practice and AAU game, and then maybe a trumpet lesson in there and whatever. But, but but that, so let's say we're not going to not overschedule them anymore because that's just the way life is. Yeah. Okay. It, it's can't not. Go back. It, you can't go back. It's not like it was when I was growing up in Mayapack, New York, and I'd get off the bus and I'd have my key wrapped around my neck and I'd let myself in the house and I'd eat a half a box of ho hos and then I'd go outside <laughs> and we'd build ramps and if I came home and I had bloody knees and bloody elbows and that was a great afternoon and my mother didn't go next door and say to the Stefanos, "My daughter got hurt in your backyard and I'm going to sue you now." That was just like you just did it and that was it and you put back teen on it and back teen is the greatest aroma ever okay <laughs> that was our that was our life that's not it anymore because if i did that to my kid right now dss would show up and say <laughs> i'm not parenting well Okay. Ho Stay ho tuned ho for ho our other podcast, Greatest Aromas. Of right, all time. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Subtitle: Ho hos and Bactine. Ho hos and Bactine. Yes. But but you're not going to do that anymore. But it's a difference between saying, okay, get in the car, we're going to this. Get in the car and going that is like, okay, what's our schedule today? Yeah. I don't know. Well, look at it. I'm not going to go anywhere until I know that you know where you're going. Yeah, there were moments that, I, that when my son's growing up and I'm asking him when his baseball games are, I was like, I don't know. I don't that. know. I don't know. Just, that. You just put me in the car and you take me. Yeah, there. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, and this is actually a really good segue into something we wanted to talk a little bit about. Beth, can you um, let me handle the segues around here? Oh, I'm no. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you okay. Do you own a Segway? <laughs> <laughs> that would be ironic. <laughs> pull the segue around here. Um, um, go so, ahead, Beth. I was kidding. No, <laughs> so something that, you know, if there are parents listening today or yeah. when we get started, you know, with our own episodes mm-hmm. that folks are thinking, okay, well, I have a student, you know, my, my oldest kid is going to be going off to freshman year at college this fall. What should I do now? What right. are the things that I should be thinking about? You know, and I think Laura makes a good point of having them keep their own schedule. And if you haven't done these things already... Have them do some laundry. Yes. Have them call and make a, a doctor's appointment. Yeah. No. Have yeah. them pick up a prescription for themselves mm-hmm. if they if there's something they need. Have them take them to the grocery store mm-hmm. and like if you know, if they don't know how to do some shopping. Like those things. Um make them manage their checkbook. Make them manage whatever, whatever the, the again, equivalent the is. Yes. Modern equivalent of a checkbook. But like right. give them give them opportunities to practice these day-to-day things with you mm-hmm. before they go away. So they're not like calling you <laughs> and right. asking at some odd day, like, how do I, how do I do laundry? What happens? Yeah. How much soap do I use? Or like yeah. right. worse yet, dad, I flooded the laundry room yes. <laughs> because yeah. I added right. too much soap. Yes. Right. And, um, you know, give them these chances to kind of like, here's your checklist of things that you need to either accomplish to enroll. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause there's going to be that from your students college, there's going to be a list of things that they have yes. to do over the summer. Um, so and it's that, either and those. That should absolutely, I I cannot yeah. agree with Beth more on this. Is that if you want to push that kid into this layer of being able to at least position themselves for their first line of success, that's stuff they have to do before they enroll. Mm-hmm. They should do it. Yep, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I I saw a tale online of a group of girls who were living in their uh, some freshman housing, and the da- a dad had come to visit. And how's everything? And it's like, Dad. Um, everything's great, but the dryer doesn't work very well. We're using it, but it takes like three hours to do one load of laundry, or even longer, Dad. 
And so, can you take a look at it? Uh, yeah, sure. How, what was the last time you changed the lint filter? <gasps> yeah, and they, yeah. all, no. they all look at him with this blank stare. Right. Like, what's a lint filter? Right. And that's where... <laughs> oh, my so, God. They could have burned the place, place down. down. I know. So, oh that is where... This is something for people to know if you're going to listen to our podcast. Um, Beth is known as a total killjoy when it comes to certain things. And I am a risk management disaster. Mm -hmm. So it's like I am literally right now like having an anxiety attack knowing that these women have not changed out the filter and we could have had like a flamethrower situation yes. with the with the vent you yes. know and beth's like what you know like, so, but but yeah that's terrifying but, anyway <laughs> but there's no one better to talk about sex and drugs and alcohol with than beth grampetro well yeah. how much time it's do we have true. yeah well, no i mean <laughs> well and actually another another good thing to yep. do over the summer so laura says that about sex drugs and rock and roll <laughs> because my um, primary focus in working with college students has been wellness, health and wellness, promotion mm -hmm. and education um, for, I don't know, a long time now, 16 years, I don't know, too yes. long. Yes. And um, I'm the older one. You are, yes. but yeah, it's, I was realizing recently that like I make jokes about like things that my students clearly do not like I have kids who don't know who Alanis Morissette is. Oh, God. don't know who George Michael is. It's very upsetting. Anyway, <laughs> so Things to talk about with your student. So after they're done. Wait, they don't know who George Michael is? No. Li no. Literally, no. like, no. who? And I was like, no. I, this is unacceptable. You, I'm calling up YouTube videos right now. We're going to have a thing. So we did. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I know. What are the, get off my lawn. What is this coming to? Um, yeah. Like, the, the Heath Ledger died 10 years ago, and I think of him as the bright stop. new star. He's yeah. been dead for 10 years. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, that's how fast time is, is, is going Ooh. by. Yes. Yeah, I can't handle this. Um, <laughs> Kids, find out who George Michael is. Yes, for you out should loud. know. It's important. Um, yes, and you need to know who Alanis Morissette is because at some point you're going to have a fight with some uh, grammar police person who tells you that <laughs> about the, the, ironic. The, the song <laughs> ironic. I could do a whole podcast about that. Yeah, the could. song is fine. The song is fine. <laughs> it's great. The song suggests s situations that may be ironic. Maybe it didn't just. Okay, sorry. <laughs> don't, don't even get me started. Okay. Sorry, Beth. You were no, saying. that's fine. So, um, so over the summer, in addition to practicing laundry and making your own hair appointment yes. and whatever else right. have some conversations with your student about the sex drugs and rock and roll stuff mm -hmm. this is not to say that you need to say to them when you go off to school I need you to be a celibate you know right. like sober person who right. doesn't party because that's not, not gonna happen not effective no. they may choose they may choose not to drink mm -hmm. they, they may make their own choices around these things and go that route and that's wonderful if they do but like the the worst way to try to get responsible decision making out of a college right. student is for their mom or dad or grandparent or whoever to be like, don't drink. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bad, bad move. So have that conversation, though, about like, OK, so what, you know, if you go to a party, yep. mm -hmm. what, what choices are you going to make if you drink? Like, do you know how to do so in a way that you're not going to wake up sick or worse the next right. day? It's so true. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do if you go out with a group of friends? Are you are you all going to come home together? What's the plan? Right. Um, and sort of just having these conversations about, like, what's the plan before you're in the moment and have to make the decision? Yeah. Right. And, and I would even take it another step is that so if you are someone who is sending your kid off to college this summer um, or, or this spring, uh, fall, what the hell season are we in? Okay. <laughs> but but is that if you're sending your kid off to school this year um, or in the near future, you're going to be invited to a parent orientation. Mm -hmm. First and foremost... Go. I don't care if you have to take time off from work. Just go. They're going to feed you. You're going to meet other parents. Sure. I remember working at a university in Boston uh, a few years ago, uh, one of the places I've worked in. Parent orientation, they even serve you alcohol at this particular hey. school. So you get to go to <laughs> a cocktail talking. party at night. And cool. two parents, I'm going to just tell the story real quick because yeah. it was awesome, two divorced parents at the cocktail party. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm working the cocktail party because that's what I had to do. Got my little name tag on, doing my thing, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. Parents are like chatting and I'm saying there's something happening with those two parents because I am that kind of intuitive human. Wait, hold on. They're divorced from each other? No, they they're divorced. They're hanging out. These are two now single divorced gotcha. parents. Okay? I see where this is going. See where this is going. Yes. Right? So they get to sleep in an extra long twin bed because <laughs> they stay at the residence hall. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they oh, I see. Okay. So these two parents hooked up. <laughs> Wait, how do you know? Because I saw them the next morning. <laughs> doing the walk of shame? Doing the walk of shame. No way. 
And when they, so, and then I also had the, I, I don't know why. This is a some, new reality show. No, this would have been awesome. Yeah. Like TLC should have been following these people yeah. around, right? Bravo, whatever. Right. right. So, but the, the parents, then the kids at the end of orientation, you know, you all come together and you see your parents again because you've been seeing them in 24 hours, right? right. So the parents get go well, brought to one spot, students brought to another spot. Mm. Now they all, hook, hook, you know, connect back up together to, to reconnect. And right. mom says to child oh have you met floyd <laughs> right 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 <laughs> he and i met last night he's very nice we're gonna go to the cape with him this summer and you oh see this God. girl like she is like dying a thousand deaths <laughs> the kid who is the 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 child of the father is like what in the god's green earth is right. happening okay anyway so you're gonna get invited to parent orientation and if you don't hook up what you you yourself going back to pev's point um and this idea of, uh, I've been on the receiving end of this question many times, okay? As a dean of students or a vice president for student affairs, standing up in front of people and they ask, what is going to happen when my kid gets in trouble? Or if this happens to my child? A better question mm -hmm. from the parent, which I have never been asked, by the by, is I have spoken to my kid about my expectations around drugs, alcohol, sex. Mm-hmm. Should my child make a decision to go in a direction in terms of decision making that they get they get documented or something happens, they get hospitalized because they've drank too much or something like that. What resources does the college have to help them make, you know, make better decisions moving forward? And how can the college help them move on? Yep. That is a better question. Because the parents are constantly asking this, like, what, like, how is this going to affect my kid's record? Mm. Okay, I'm going to give you a big news flash here. If your kid gets documented for alcohol in their freshman year, they're A, not going to get kicked out of school. Right. B, they are going to be able to recover from this if they make some good choices moving forward. Parents who are all freaked out, their kid's not going to get the dream job because their freshman year, the kid drank too many Jaeger shots. Right. That is that is not happening. Okay, that, that although they shouldn't be posting all those photos on social media. No, they hurt. should Perhaps. not be. Hurt. That will. <laughs> but hurt I take them. your point. I take yes, your point. Go ahead. But, but there's that idea of being true to yourself and true. I'd rather see a kid be true to themselves and true to their parents and say, "I screwed up." Right. I need help getting my life back on track, that's a different conversation than avoiding or making the problem go away. Right. Hi, everybody. I'm Chami Perel. Let me take a minute to tell you about the Boston Podcast Network. How would you like your own podcast? The Boston Podcast Network can produce one for you, whether you're a lawyer, financial advisor, business owner, or really any kind of professional. You should have your voice heard through this exciting new medium. A good podcast is more powerful than traditional advertising. If a prospective client hears your podcast through their earbuds, you're already in their head. Literally, pod617.com will help you deliver a message and build relationships. Clients and centers of influence will delight in being a guest on your show. Go to pod617.com to start planning. And in the meantime, listen to the great shows they've already produced. The Irreverent Bitchless Bride Podcast the hilarious show known as Shawshanked and the wild trip through the paranormal that is Monsterland. Be part of the pod revolution. Visit pod617.com. In pod, we trust. Those conversations are, aren't easy. So, no. so that, that's like my son, he, he happens to be a rule follower. I have the opposite. I'm afraid my son's not going to drink when he gets to college. Mm -hmm. That's that's. Uh, please counsel me on that. <laughs> no, we've had that conversation. Yeah, no, yes, it's yeah. it's weird because or he's made the decision that um, he wants to wait until he gets older, and so, but you know, to and for kids like my son or really any kid, your kid most likely is going to drink at some point, and it, it's even just to have some kind of conversation with them is helpful because. Mm -hmm. Um, most parents will avoid it and figure, um, oh, my kid's a good kid. I don't need to worry too much. Or you know, I, I did this in college and nothing bad happened. Right. So, right. It's you know, okay. what's the big deal? Yeah, it's okay. And there's probably gonna, you're probably going to like maybe have a couple too many drinks and make fool out of yourself. But there's a few things you should, you know, keep your head on straight. 
you know, don't get in a car that, no. you know, someone else is drunk, that whole thing. Um, yeah, I kind of, you know, my parents were um, generation. We didn't kind of talk about such things. And, you know, the first couple times I drank was before I got to college, you know, thankfully, I guess. But, yeah, there was some embarrassing things and some throwing up in places, things like that. <laughs> and I, if I, and had I known, and you just don't want one of their first memories of school to be something kind of, that can be possibly uh, traumatic, right, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, and I think you also have to remember that the age range of parents right now. So I'm 52. And so a lot of parents are around my age, college age kids. Um, Raising my hand. Right, there you go. Yep. And, you know, we were just joking about George Michael and Alanis Morissette <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. But if you did go to college, what were you doing between the ages of 18 and 22? Mm-hmm. Okay. In a traditional age college environment. And what was not just were you doing, but what was society doing? Okay, so like when I was a freshman at Boston University in 1985, the year prior was uh, Robert Chambers, the preppy murderer. We were just talking about this. The preppy <laughs> yep. murderer was was enrolled at BU. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he only spent a year there. Apparently, he flunked out or something. But he the, the the mode and the mood at the time of the 80s, and I'm just saying at BU, but the, the kids of the 80s was that bright lights, big city kind of time of the of yeah. the world, okay? Lots of cocaine, lots of alcohol, lots of high-flying craziness, okay? Yeah, it, our role models were like the the yuppies and the, yes. the sushi and, and Reagan era, everybody making all kinds yeah, of money. we all wanted to be Gordon Gecko. Yeah, yes, oh, yeah. we all wanted to be Gordon Gecko. <laughs> Greed is good, Beth. Yes, and, and here's the thing. The other thing about that, too, let's take it out of that, we were also the first generation of college students, if you're in that age range, where alcohol, the, the drinking age moved from 18 to 21. Yes, much to my chagrin. Right. <laughs> so I remember my freshman year in college, the year prior, the drinking age in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts was something, I think it was either 19 or whatever, but then it moved to 21. 21. And my college changed the alcohol policy so, like, it shifted like and not just a little shift it moved from 0 to 100 yep. okay and you could go from literally the year before resident assistants RAs and people know people who've lived in a residence hall know what an RA is the the, the students who help in the residence sure. halls they could spend their floor funds on kegs really my freshman year that stopped okay yeah and so you, you you were walking around the halls and it was like people were so depressed they were like <laughs> oh my god right it was like how is this going to happen Where's my right keg? but i think one of the other things that's gone along with that is over time we went from a, an era of college students where you say on a friday night what are you doing tonight i'm going to a party right and i'm going to hang out with people and like what does going to a party mean Going to a party for some kids did not include alcohol, still in the 80s. It did not include cocaine. It did not include whatever, but it went to a party because partying and dancing and being around people was what was social. Mm-hmm. Then, as time's gone along, and that's when, you know, as I've worked in higher education through that time, if you ask a kid in, ni- you know, in 1992, what do you do on Friday night? I'm going to go drink. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ask them in the late 90s, what are you going to do? I'm going to go, I'm going to get trashed. Really? I was a freshman in the late 90s, so yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, we but appreciate the, your but, but that's hey, the just saying. But, <laughs> and, and it goes down to this, and Beth knows more about this because of her background in, in public health and, and health uh, education, is that when they're looking at these social environments, okay, they go, there are these environments like, I need to pregame. Pre-gaming yeah. was never something in the 80s. Yeah, we, d- we didn't call it that. We didn't call it that. You might have had all. a couple yeah. of drinks before you went out to kind of lube yourself up yeah, because right. if you were going to go <laughs> yeah. dancing, you're going to have I got to learn to dance in the next 10 <laughs> minutes, okay, because I suck at this. Um, but th- it's one thing to get yourself kind of imbibed and, like, loosened up, yeah. not I am going to drink you know, and you and Beth, I'm looking at you to say, you know, with pre-gaming, what's actually out there in terms mm. of what, how many drinks kids actually take in. But that was never part of our no, environment, it wasn't. Yeah. right? I yeah. mean, I'm not saying I never got sick in college, right? But that was like it wasn't a, a something that happened with regularity, and it also wasn't something people were proud of. Right. And there's a couple things going on there. I mean, I think pre-gaming is definitely a concern with college students now. Um, 
and outside of college. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see it happen. You know, I think of um, the prom mm-hmm. or yeah. similar events when people, while getting ready, they're drinking. Yeah. Um, the concern around pre-gaming with college students now is many of them are doing it with hard liquor. So right. like taking shots to pre-game and sure. or playing drinking games to pre-game. Yep. And the, the danger there is that um, it's really hard to keep track of how much you're drinking yeah. during a drinking game. Um, so we've seen at the colleges we've worked at, if the college hosts like a spring formal or if your college has a Greek system and you know there's always formal events and stuff like that, you're pulling people out of the line for the bus to go to the formal because they're too drunk to they're get so, on the they're bus. They're already yeah. crashed and they can't get on. And, and you're like, yeah. honey, like, well, yeah, your night's well, over. Your Sorry. night's <laughs> over. And the, 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 yeah, no, you can't even walk up the stairs. You're done. You know, and, and, but great there's memories, a, great memories. But there's also, <laughs> but it's like, but that's like, what is the memory? Yeah. What is the memory you want? Right. And that's the thing. And so when you're looking at your kid and you're saying, well, my kid may not be a drinker because he's a rule follower, fine. Our biggest, some of the biggest programs on college campuses right now are gaming. Mm-hmm. People love, there's these gaming societies and gaming. Now you're groups. talking about video games, not or, drinking games. And board or games. Or tabletop, yeah. Tabletop, tabletop games. games. Really? Video yeah. games. Oh, yeah. People they play like, the, I, I'm not a gamer. All right. Yeah. We should have, I have a friend who's a huge gamer. We can have him come in and talk one time. But <laughs> they there's these things for people to get together. The Beth's talking about earlier that, that, you know, the number of kids who drink in college is not what you might think it is. Right. Um, the reality is, you know, one of the parents on this pilot that we had last semester, her and she and I, and how we got people to sign on to this pilot is we just knew them, right? And so this was someone I knew from high school. And she was like, I just want to make sure he's having fun. Yeah. And I said, you had fun a very specific way in 1984. Mm. Your kid is not having that same kind of fun. And she goes, I know, and that's hard for me because I know what was fun for me yeah. mm-hmm. and may not be, f- and, and I'm not really understanding what's fun for him. Well, and I think the thing that, you know, you need to look at in that context and to bring it back to the drinking stuff, you can have a conversation with your student before they go to school about drinking and it doesn't just have to be, hey, do you know how to do this safely? Mm-hmm. In yeah. fact, it should start a little further back in the topic and say, hey, um, you're not going to get in trouble. Like, this is not a me trying to catch right. you conversation. Judgment free. Yeah. yeah. Judgment free zone. But, like, have you drank at parties in high school already? Right. Yep. If you have, okay. Have there ever been times when you feel like you've had too much? How did that work out? You know, kind of troubleshoot it. If they haven't, okay, great. When you go to college, you may choose to keep not drinking. You might decide to start right. trying it out at parties. Let's right. talk about how that works. And I think that, um, There's a lot of – one of the things I do in my job and have done at a couple of different colleges is uh, every other year run a survey on campus about Mm -hmm. health behaviors. And every single year the data comes back no matter what school I'm at that students on that particular campus think that their peers are drinking at a way higher rate than they actually report. Really? Yes. It's a very common phenomenon um, that perceptions of behavior around alcohol – tobacco and marijuana are way, way higher, higher than actual behavior. Wow. Um, and, and that contributes to these students feeling like, well, I have to drink. I have to. It's what yeah. everyone's doing. There's nothing else to do, et cetera. Now, it can be true on a particular campus. And my, I currently work at a school that's extremely small. Mm-hmm. There's 350-ish students at this college. That is it's small. teeny. Yeah. So yes, that campus, it might be true that everyone or a large portion of people are doing one particular social thing, right, Right. on a given day. And if you want to participate in what everyone's doing socially, it is this one event. Right. It doesn't mean, though, that you can't have a conversation with your student and say, you know, if you don't feel like drinking, either generally or once in in a while you want to take a break, you can still go to the party. Mm -hmm. You can, like, either develop some skills to say to your friends, hey, I'm not drinking tonight and I'm fine with that, and hopefully they have friends who are not dicks about it. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> like that's the yeah, other sure. thing is teaching your yeah. kid. Like Don't if your friends <laughs> if your friends are like, you're not drinking, that's so weak. Just be like, I need new friends. This right. is stupid. But also <laughs> Although at that school they might run out because you only got three hundred fifty. Yeah, right. They <laughs> might run out of friends. You it's, might meet somebody new. Probably not. But right. you're, no. <laughs> they are actually the the wonderful thing about the small environment um, at many small schools yes. is that there is a level of of caring for one another that is that is really cool. So that's, that's, a, yeah. that's a good thing. Good. Um, but I think also, you know, this is a particular, like, your student would have to be okay with this idea. But, like, if they're really worried about, oh, I'm going to this party, I don't want to drink, but I don't want people to know I'm not drinking, mm-hmm. it's not that hard to fake it 
It's not that hard. <laughs> no. As a person also who faked my way through a wedding while pregnant and no one knew yet. Oh. It's not that hard to walk around with a seltzer with a lime in it and just be like, yeah. yeah. No one pays attention. Like, no. And that's a thing I think that like students can, if especially if they have some social anxieties, which many people do, they can feel really nervous around like, if I go to this party, I'm not drinking. Everyone's going to notice. Now, so I no one, t- people are very people are very self centered and they don't notice as much as you think they do. It's shrewd. It's like repeat after me. I'm having the best time. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I'm having the best time. No, 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 no. Yeah. Like I said, I'm having the best time. Just a little, a little slur there. will do you wonder. Yeah, if I mean, you're going to act drunk, just act ugly. <laughs> that is the bottom line. It's just, it's just or be, just it's, act normal just, and people around you, if they're drunk, yeah. again, they're, they're not, just they're not gonna gonna notice. That's true. That's you know? absolutely well, true. And, and there's that layer of, you know, it, the, the reason your kid should be going and picking a school is about sensing of a belonging there. Mm-hmm. You know, going back to, you know, the, the when we started and we're saying, you know, it's a time of year and people have been accepted to college and, you know, they're ready to go and make that decision. Right now, it's, you know, May 1st is the deadline for many colleges to decide where are you going. And this last week, people are going, oh, my God, is this, uh, how do I know? Where did your kid feel like they belonged? Yeah. That's the most important thing. Now, we get we get all freaked out about this idea of, like, how much financial aid did they get and where's the ranking and how is that window sticker going to look on my car it's it, important it, it, sure. do, it, that doesn't matter oh okay sorry the fucking sticker does not matter okay this is not about you this is not about you know aunt becky who paid for her kid to go to usc which is usc is a very good school it's fantastic it's a lovely school it is not – her kid would be an influencer if she went to no college versus USC. So the, that's, that, that's, uh, that describes the qualifications you need to be an influencer. Yes, Absolutely exactly. nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. And, well, if you, the, and by the way, if you call yourself an influencer, you're, you're an idiot. <laughs> okay? Stop it. We've lost the We've influencer lost audience. We've lost the influencer audience. <laughs> well, and okay. I, think, I think the one important lesson of the – the varsity blues scandal yes. for the parents of folks oh. who are not not just about to go to college, but those who are a little further back in the journey and their their student might be getting ready to apply. I don't know what the motivation was for these this list of people, right? I don't I'm not right. in their heads. No. But but I, I want to be in their heads. But I can speculate because why not? I'm allowed. And um yes. I really do this. think I'm extremely good at speculating <laughs> and you know, making stuff up. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think that I think that it, it feels at least when I I, I read the affidavit about it because mm. I love yeah. drama and there yeah. was two hundred pages of drama, so yeah. I sure did read it. And um, the the phone so there's transcripts of these phone conversations between this um, consultant person and yes. these parents, yes. and the overall theme really felt to me like I I the parent me. need my kid to go somewhere special. Yeah. My kid needs to go somewhere that I consider prestigious enough for me, for my family, for my friends at whatever place I work, my country club, my my social circle, whatever it might be. That's tough. I get that like when you're in that situation, it's easy for me an outside regular normal person without half a million dollars to throw around to look yeah. at them and be like, that's dumb. And I get that I'm not in that situation. But it's a really good idea for parents, all of us regular regular, <laughs> regular people, Joes yeah. out there to remember as well that like where your kid goes to school does not reflect on you in, yeah. in that way. Like, yes, feel proud of the fact that whatever your student does, like they graduated high school and they're going to go to any, go to yeah. a community college, go to a state school, go to a private school, go take up a trade, whatever they do. Mm-hmm. Be proud of what they did. You had a hand in that. Yeah. Certainly and, you did. And there are 5,300 colleges in America. And you would think the way people talk right now, there's the 150. Yeah. yeah. Or like 40. Yeah. Know, it depends. <laughs> well, but, the, but the thing is, is there's, there's something for everybody and they need to feel it because if you want your kid to graduate in four years, feel accomplished and feel like they're the best version of themselves, they need to feel a sense of belonging and connection to that institution. And if it's about you, they're not going to connect to it. Right. I mean, the, just think of the message. It, 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 
it's like I want my kid to be independent and successful and achieve things on their own. So to start them off, I'm going to yeah. tell them you're yes. too fucking <laughs> yeah. stupid to yes. get into USC. Yes. Yes. So I'm going to write a check for three hundred thousand dollars. And by the way, right. dress up in this phony crew outfit and pretend to be a <laughs> rower for That's about ten minutes while we take your picture. Oh, oh god! I mean, what a what a mess. But, but but it also it it my concern with it overall is there's also that layer of people talking about well why do this goes back to why do people think people drink and do drugs and all that kind of stuff more than ever because people are. They look at other people and people send a message, whether it be through social media or how they present themselves, that they're better than they are. Right. No one likes to say when that's they're- That's a great point. That's this th- generation, this right? Are ge- yeah. That's this generation. I mean, you know, one of the things that people are struggling with is is participation in- It's funny where people participate now. Students participate in the, in the most interesting ways in that they get- they, if they don't think that going to something is going to be Instagram worthy, right. they don't go. And it's they care so much about what's happening on the outside versus what's happening on the inside. But where people actually feel connection are these smaller things. So like when you actually say that, well, why do you do that? It's like, well, I started going to this, to, to this club because these people got me. Okay, great. But they don't talk about that. The, the people who get them are the people they spend the most time with and are the most intentional opportunities. But when you say to them, well, what is the thing that you spent the most time doing? Well, I was online a lot and I was with this person <laughs> and we did this. And that. like, that's not valuable sense of time. Right. And, you know, I, you know, I think a lot about, you know, working with kids for as long as I have and seeing some of those people like this week I had a a former student of mine so like just to out it um, I was the former vice president for student affairs at Minota College which is this school that we all know in the Boston area that closed in this fiery ball and you know you may have heard the story right the fiery ball is figurative it is yes exactly (laughs) it didn't burn down it didn't burn down (laughs) it felt like it at times (laughs) Um, but you know, I got I, but I've been in touch with a lot of students from Mount Ida, and mm-hmm. I got a text message the other day from a person who, um, he's in graduate school now, so he actually graduated um, at the last graduation. Okay, and he said to me, "I'm doing a speech, and I want to quote you." And I went, "Well, of course you can." And <laughs> he's like, "I want to make sure I have this right," and I'm like, "Okay, that's fine." And we were going back and forth and back and forth. And I asked him, how are you? He goes, you know, I spend some time all the, I, I have with regularity. I think back on my time and yeah, there's great. I mean, and his Instagram is filled with Instagram worthy moments. Okay. Okay. There are such things. There yes. are such things, <laughs> but he's like, those things aren't what changed me. You changed me when you told me I was an idiot. I'm like, well, good. I'm glad I told you you were an idiot. <laughs> um, you told me, you, when people were honest with pe- me, when people told me that I was better than what I thought I was, that's what makes an institution special. That's mm. what makes somebody's time there special. But I think what, what my point here is people worry so much about the external, they don't do an accounting of the internal. And when your kid comes home from college and you say, well, how are you doing? Well, I've seen, because most parents are following their kid on Instagram or watching, I saw you at this party and I saw you did this and I saw that. It's like, ask them, what have you learned this semester about yourself? Not just about academics, Mm -hmm. but what about yourself? Because you want them to change. Right. These parents. It's the whole point. The whole point. The parents who come home, like, my kid's changing. Good. Yeah. (laughs) As they should. As they should. You know, I I say it all the time. One of the biggest problems that Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all those things have done for our college students is when I left for college, I didn't talk to anyone from high school Mm -hmm. ever. Because that was a phone call down in the lobby with a with a <laughs> pain with, in the with ass. Pain in the ass. Yeah. You had a, like like. Do you have enough quarters? No. Like I say, like, and that's when you're thinking: Do I do laundry or do I call that asshole from school? Yeah. I'm going to do laundry. Okay, so they don't do that anymore. Right. Everybody's in touch with everybody, yeah. and when they get on campus, 
in the fall. And I said, I used to say that at orientation all the time, Beth knows exactly where I'm going with this. Your parents are going to move you in. You're going to, you know, your parents are going to your hospital corners on your bed. They're going to finally <laughs> leave. They're going to leave campus. And if you sit on that bed with your beautiful hospital corners and just text message your asshole friends from high school, <laughs> you know what's going to happen? You're going to miss out on everything yeah. happening in front of you. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Put the fucking phone away yes. Yes. and get out there and do something. It doesn't mean you can't have these friends in your life. Yeah. You just have to realize is that if you just stay connected to high school for the rest of your life, you're never going to actually be the person you were meant to be. Right. And the whole point is to grow up and learn new things, meet new people and and immerse yourself. I mean, you know, the um I recall like over the summer I would work at a summer camp and I would have a a girlfriend, you know, that um you know, every real, summer, Dave. Si- well, yeah, every summer, a different <laughs> girl. Oh, okay. Um, no, but it was like you know, and and then you know, you say goodbye to somebody. I love you so much. much. I love you so much. You don't and know then, love. yeah, and, and you like never speak <laughs> to never each other again. again. No, but right. then you get well, right? Then you right. get you get to college, and two days later, I was like, who, what? what? Like, what? Uh, yeah. yeah, because but but that's what's great about it is yeah. and, and like you say it's a shame <laughs> disposable if, relationships exactly. that's what people need to remember but yeah. you know right uh, bye bye cindy you yeah. know nice knowing you, you <laughs> well, know, think, maybe next summer yeah. But, yeah. But, i think one of the things that i i hope students can achieve when they go off to school and this is tough because i don't think i achieved this until i was way out of college um mm-hmm. and bear with me because this is going to feel like i take a while to get where i'm going but one of the cool things about my husband, Mr. Inside Baseball. No, sorry, go ahead. Um, yes, go ahead. One of the things I like about him a lot is that he likes what he likes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he has obscure interests. Yes. Laura knows this. Yes. Like sports that people in America have never heard of. And like he's very into lately watching this YouTube channel where some guy from Denmark, I think, or mm-hmm. the Netherlands has created an entire ceremony like the Olympics out of marbles. What? <laughs> it's actually oh amazing. Oh my god. But like he just likes what he likes and he right. doesn't apologize for it. And he's just and he's not like he doesn't like things ironically. He's not like, "Oh, I know this is really weird, but I like this." He's just like, "No, this is f- I think this is cool. Right. I like it." Right. I think if students in college got to that place sooner, and it's tough. That's a tough place developmentally to achieve when you're in college and and you're 19 years old. But like it's my wish for them that they could all be like yeah, I don't actually like drinking. I like playing Dungeons and Dragons on the weekend or I like, you know, knitting or whatever the hell it is that they like and just like it and just be okay with it and just say, you know what? This is my thing. I enjoy it. I don't care if other people think it's cool yeah. or not yeah. because I think that's where people run into trouble. And it and it makes me think of um, when I was a resident assistant way back, um, I had a resident director I worked for as when I was a student that – he would talk about um, residence life. If anyone out there has ever worked as an RA in oh. college, or if you lived in, in a college dorm, you know this. RAs and orientation leaders are like the people who love the college, or at least outwardly they are paid to act as though they do. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They're practically cheerleaders. They are, yeah. che- they are yeah. like cheerleaders. Yeah. And a lot of the job can feel very corny because mm-hmm. you, you feel like you have to be a cheerleader and you're doing icebreakers yeah. and like skits and all this stuff. And this one RD I worked for would be like, everyone, all right, it's icebreaker day or it's skit day. Turn in your cool card. Yeah. Like you're not too cool for this. Mm-hmm. You are going to, you're just going to do it. You're mm-hmm. not too cool for it. And I think that that, you know, I think social media can be mm-hmm. this really wonderful thing yep. and it has all these great applications. But I do think, unfortunately, and again, it extends past college, because I have friends my own age that I sometimes am like, I don't know if that's what's really going on in your life or what you're showing us. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, and and there's wisdom to curating your online persona as well for privacy reasons and mm-hmm. other things. Um, but I think if if everyone kind of said, I'm going to turn in my cool card and just like what I like, mm-hmm. you know that that would create a really we different. We should do a experience. hashtag Turn in your cool card day. Turn in yeah. your cool card. <laughs> It's and, true. And it's literally just say on social media, we're going to all turn in our cool card and we're going to be ourselves and see what actually, what what train wreck shows up online, yeah. but actually be ourselves, which is Because awesome. if you turn your cool card, you might admit that you're not too cool to watch the Marble Olympics, which we're now watching. <laughs> oh this is, is it, happening? right? This is, this the, is it. This so, is the Marble Olympics. I have to say, yeah. so while, I, while it, it does not hold my attention the way it does his, um, this is amazing. This yeah. person has created this thing that is so detailed and so complex. And like he and my daughter watch it together. She knows the names of the teams. Oh no! 
stuff. These are, we're watching the opening ceremonies of, I believe, this is the Winter Marble Olympics. So, what that means, what that means is, instead of people, it's just marbles. And and now we're looking. They're from all different parts of the world. Steve I, is going to be so happy yeah. that we're doing. This. So what it is, it's like I wouldn't call this like. Um, stop action animation, maybe, or maybe not. Maybe no. Maybe this is just—he's just just shooting. No, but before the nothing stopped. There's the snowballs. There's the raspberry. My daughter is a big fan of the Savage Speeders. So he. So they're fictional (laughs) countries, and it's. I'm having a hard time describing this, but it's it's kind of like watching a cartoon sort of because before they were marching. Right now they're all sitting. They're sitting dutifully in the. They're taking in the national anthem of the does, of yes. the Tide Pride or the T- they're all made Tide up names. Pride, this yeah. is funny. I'm gonna fast <laughs> forward a little. All right. yeah. Here we go. Oh, shut up. <laughs> so, so, like, imagine if Marble Olympics guy was too cool to create this. Yes, that would be sad. That would be sad because this right. is now, incredible. Now yes. this is the best thing I've ever seen. It is. <laughs> So the, and they're going down ramps and things, and you yeah. know what? You know what this reminds me of? There was a, um, there was like a little segment, and I think it was Sesame Street or something, where it was just a shot of a marble, but the marble would go down, yes. shoots and across, and do loop de loops and things the, um, like that. It's the Counting to Twelve song. Yeah. Oh, is it? One, yes. two, three, four, five, six, six seven, eight, 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 nine, ten, eight, eleven, twelve. Yeah, yeah that's what it. that is. That was an animated one, but there was right. also like a real live action one where the ball would go. And I don't know. It, it was. Or imagine just at the museum, the thing where, it, you know, that science museum where you put yeah, the marble, marble on the top room. and it, yeah, and yeah. it goes all down. Yeah. Like, y- you have to keep watching until the thing gets to the bottom. And so this guy <laughs> just took a step further. Yes. Um, so the I've th- learned so much. So I'm sorry, did you want to finish that thought? Oh, yeah. gosh, could I? I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I just think, um, I, I think it really goes back to what Laura was saying about your student is going to need to figure out where they fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully they are going to find a place that, you know, it's not perfect. You're not, I mean, even I was going to say it's not getting married, but even that's not perfect. Like you, you have to find someone I could tell you or more some about college. That like. <laughs> <laughs> um, be you have one. to find a place where it's not going to tick every box, but it should tick most of them. Right. Yeah. You want it to have the major you want to study. You want it to have, or if you don't know what your major is going to be, you want it to have some options that seem good to you mm-hmm. so that when you arrive at a conclusion, you can choose one. You want it to have activities that you would like to do. You want to, you know, be on campus and get a feel for the people and feel like, okay, this kind of feels like the vibe here yes. is what I would like. Yeah. And other practical considerations, and this is important for the parents, uh, obviously the cost, who's paying for it, mm-hmm. how much have you budgeted, have you budgeted anything, do you have the resources to pay for it, what financial aid is being offered by each of these places, if any, when it comes to scholarships, grants, et cetera. And understand the aid package and make sure it's not just for one year, but is it for four years? Because that yes. can also be, I've seen that way too many times that institutions will say, this is your aid package, and they think for it's for freshman, for, year. For freshman yeah. year. Mm-hmm. And then also thinking about things like where is it located, both in terms of what is the cost of living of of that area? Like Mm -hmm. for your student to enjoy things off campus, how expensive will it be to attend an NYU versus a UNH? Right. Right. Different things. And how far is it from home such that not only for vacations, are you paying for plane tickets or are they driving? Are they taking a train or bus? Are you picking them up? What's the deal? But should there be a reason that mm-hmm. you either need to go to campus somewhat urgently or they need to come home unexpectedly, how hard is that going to be yeah. mm-hmm. if you send your kid from Boston all the way to California or just, you know, to Vermont or something? Mm-hmm. Yep. All of and these And sometimes going to Vermont's harder, is harder because it's yes. harder to get them back. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so so thinking about the whole picture of like the fit is not just oh I like went to campus for like accepted students day and the people seemed cool that's a huge part of it, right. but also the practical considerations of like is like being here for four to maybe five or six years mm-hmm. something that we as a family can afford and that like feels like it's going to work right for us lifestyle wise right. mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's those are those values conversations also that you need to be having this goes back to what beth was saying before about alcohol and drugs dating sex start having those conversations and making sure that everybody's on the same page because you what you don't want to see happen when they go off is it's one thing to say my kid is changing because they're getting more mature or they're distancing themselves my my i have a daughter who's in middle school who 
she always was into Star Wars for a long time. And now she's like, well, now I'm in the Hunger Games. I'm like, okay, is this because you don't like, how could you not like Star Wars anymore? <laughs> yes. And what's happening? And now, th- th- it, it, and people like, well, I bought her a Star Wars thing. Well, she's not really into it anymore. What do you mean she's not into it? Okay, okay, stop a second. Yeah. A, she's growing up. Relax. B, this is not about your damn shopping list that you've already said, oh, I already know what I'm buying right. your kid for her birthday. Yeah. Just you realize kids are going to change. It's one thing if they're maturing. It's one thing if those things are changing and they're doing things that are healthy in their growth. If they're doing things that are not healthy in their growth, that's where a parent should start to consider what can the institution do to help. But also, if you haven't had that conversation with them about these are my values and this is my expectation, d- your kid's not going to know. Right. Don't assume your kid's going to understand what you're talking about um, if you haven't told them. Because mm-hmm. just like you said, Dave, mm-hmm. your kid can't figure out when the hell their baseball practices. They're sure as hell I not going to be able to tell you what your expectation is about alcohol. Right. So don't prepare a 400-slide presentation on why Star Wars is obviously better than Hunger Games because yeah, that's well, what I did. that's a whole thing. <laughs> All right. I'm well, sure it was great. <laughs> yes. Don't, careful. The Force is strong. Yeah. The Force is strong. <laughs> Stay on the, the, the good side of the Force. Um, so we could talk forever. Yes. But we can't today. But that's why <laughs> that's you guys have a podcast. That, right. Yay. And so yes. if they want to engage with our podcast, they can yes. go on to the Twitter. And we have a handle... Tell yes. us what it tweet, is. Tweet at us <laughs> at, yes. at TwinXLPod. That's T-W-I-N-X-L-P-O-D. Or you can also send us an email at TwinXLPod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Especially if you are a parent who's about to send someone off to college and you have some things you've always wondered about or topics you're hoping we'd cover, we would love to hear from you. Yes. And so we will be engaging. Cool. Yes. And shortly you will find, you'll hear about it because we're going to promote the crap out of this podcast. Woo! Um, yes. Twin XL. <laughs> in, <laughs> if you get need used to, to that one. Get your kids to graduate <laughs> and then get them to move out. That's listen, right. Listen to this podcast. Uh, you guys are going to be fantastic. I can't wait to work with you on this. And you'll find, like I said, all episodes. Pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Find all of past episodes of this podcast at the same place. Subscribe on iTunes. And if you want your own podcast, check us out, pod617.com. On behalf of the great Laura DeVoe and the great Beth Grampetro, I'm going to watch videos of marbles playing uh, Summer and Winter Olympics. I want to know how they do the javelin, how they manage that. Anyway, on behalf of Laura and Beth, I'm David Yaz, just a guy from Boston. If you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a good day, everybody.